0: Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for Same Race multi tips. Same Racer, download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call one 858 Welcome to Off the Bench.
1: A big good morning and welcome to Off the Bench from the southwest to the top end of our state. We've got everything covered for your Saturday morning. Ben Cameron in the chair, joined by Paul Hazelby once again. Paul, a big good morning to you. Welcome. Yeah,
0: good morning and welcome to everybody out there. Hope you're enjoying your Saturday morning. Plenty of footy to be played today. I used to love the country games. You get back out there, the big crowds build throughout the Colts, reserves and then league You get a chance to showcase to the whole town. So good luck to everybody playing
1: footy and other sports. Mm. Hockey, plenty of hockey gets played in the country as well. Drive your car up to the bank, Hayes. Turn on the lights, maybe, and uh, beep the horn when Paul Hazelby kicks one of his seven goals for the afternoon. Can't beat that feeling when you have all the cars parked around the Oval and they get on the Hooter and they certainly get behind your team and your town. Let's go way back to Thursday night to start off, Paul. I want to talk about Richmond because in the NBA in the 90s, there was an old saying that all roads to the championship lead through Chicago. You had to beat the Bulls and you had to beat them in Chicago. I think right now that's really applicable to Richmond and the MCG. I still can't see any team in the AFL beating Richmond at the MCG. I know the game on Thursday was at Etihad, but I just think when they play at the MCG, which they play so well, they've won their last... 14 or 15 games there, I can't see them losing. No, they're going to finish top two so whoever travels
0: is going to have to go to the MCG and try and beat them there but Ben, I don't think I've ever seen a more team orientated together team environment created by any club in the history of the game. I look at Richmond and Damien Hardwick, what they did last year but again on Thursday night, their reaction to one of their own in Reese Conker breaking his leg, getting around him, supporting him it was just a great moment. They're out there having fun, enjoying their moments and we are in an era where there's been a lot of, I guess, feedback provided to players and sometimes it's quite hard for those players to take that feedback from organisations like Leading Teams and Collective Mind. This is a group that just love each other and that's the
1: way they play every week. How do you think they've built that? We heard about, uh, I think, their hero um, in their life. What was the story? We had a hero, a heartache and maybe mm. uh, something else that they had to share with the group and I think clearly, whatever they've done, they've brought the group together really strongly. It's vulnerability
0: and I think it started with Trent Cotchen that he came out and said, look, I'm vulnerable. I've got all these good attributes but I'm also very vulnerable and I've got some weaknesses in my own life and then that enabled everybody else to do the same and it's almost like they've created an environment where everybody is themselves and I think Mm. sometimes in footy clubs you don't have that. You're trying to be somebody that you're not and I was guilty of that for parts of my career but everybody feels comfortable. They know their role and they know. Know that they don't have to do it individually. That's the best thing. You look through some of their stats. Their players, probably the leading possession mm. winner every game is around 25. So they're certainly mixing it up. Dustin Martin's a superstar. He's not having a great season, but it doesn't seem to matter. They're entrenched in top spot.
1: They certainly are. They're they're absolutely flying. Who do you think the teams are that could possibly challenge them? Like I said, I don't think anyone beats them at the MCG with how it stands at the moment. But if there's a handful of teams that A half a chance. Who are they? You're looking at the MCG team. So I give Collingwood a chance if they get that far in September. I also give Melbourne
0: a chance. I reckon on their day they can beat a few teams. And you never ride off somebody like a Hawthorne. I think the Tigers have got Geelong covered at the MCG. But the Hawks in September, they can be difficult. Now, we know they're not the same team as two years ago. But there's still a lot of experience there. But just Richmond, going back to them. They've now got some serious A-graders. Players like Lambert. Kane Lambert is an A grader. 27 disposals, three goals. He's doing that most weeks. The other one is Edwards. He's been underrated for a long period of time. He plays a bit forward, a bit in the midfield. But some of the stuff that he does in close is amazing. And the list goes on. bloston's become a very good player. We know they've got their superstars with Martin and Rewalt and Cotchen and also Rountstam back.
1: But Asprey's another one. They are a very complete team. And what about... Uh, Jack Higgins, it's a great story, isn't it, Hayes? I mean, he's burst onto the scene and he seems like the figure that we all want in footy. He's just a a little bit Jack the lad. He's just having a great time and rolling around and loving it playing AFL footy. And how was it? He was addressing the team after halftime. I'd love to know what he was saying.
0: Goes back to what I was saying before. Everybody is themselves. I reckon mm. there's other clubs that would have muzzled him and what he says out in the media. Not Richmond. They're comfortable with that. And they've also introduced a bit of humour and relaxation at the breaks where he gets a chance to speak. I'm not sure what he says, but it was very humorous for his teammates. And you can just imagine that, can't you, being amongst the group and seeing a young player with confidence trying to give a motivational talk. But that's how they are at the moment. They're not getting caught up in all
1: the things that happen around footy clubs it should be an enjoyable game and it is a game at the end of the day more to come on off the bench after this Uh, we'll chat about the remainder of the round and everything else happening in the world of sport
0: you're listening to off the bench
1: you certainly are and so much going on in the world of sport we've got five games coming up in the afl today make that four in fact And three more tomorrow, both the Eagles in action today and the Dockers tomorrow. So a lot to look forward to. The World Cup rolls on as well, Paul Hazelby. But right now for us, it's time to get stuck into the dig. Dial before you dig the essential first step who do you want to have a dig at, Paul?
0: I'm having a dig at Nick Curios for what he did early in the week. Now, there's a lot of attention on every game that he plays. He's been in the media for the wrong reasons across his career. And again, he was this week with a lewd gesture that he did at the break in between one of his games. Now, Nick. You've got to understand that you're a public figure. Everybody's watching you all the time. We want to like you because you're Australian. You're a very good tennis player. But if you continue to give us that sort of rubbish when everybody, including kids, are out there watching your every move, it's very, very disappointing. And just when we feel like we're going to go for you and start to like you again, every time you let us down with something disappointing again. Get your
1: life right. Am I allowed to say that he was showing us what he really is?
0: Yes, you are allowed to say that, but you're too good for that because
1: don't bring yourself down to his Mm. level, but I like the analogy. Yeah, yeah. I I wasn't impressed with it. I don't know what he was thinking when he elected to do it. Hey, I'm having a dig at uh, the Herald Sun for their story surrounding Steve Smith having a a beer alone in New York. One of life's great pleasures, Paul, and I think it was put best by Titus O'Reilly on Twitter. Two of his favourite things, drinking and not talking to people. (laughs) Mm-hmm. It
0: just amazed me, the headline. They're entitled to go and take pictures because he is in the media. He is in New York. You get somebody that has a camera. But the headline, and it's always the case, Ben, in media – that it's the editor that does the headline is my understanding. It's not the journalist. There's been times in my career where the headlines probably disappointed me with some of the articles that's been written about myself. Can you remember one? Not off the top of my head. Well, the one, one was Porky Dockers um, mm. when I was a little bit overweight. The headline was Porky Dockers. I thought that was a little bit too far. But why do they need to do that? It's just turned into trying to attract people to their website, hasn't it? And I just think the media need
1: to be better than that. I agree. If you're going to take the photo, I don't even know whether it was paparazzi or whether it was just someone who had their, their camera phone, maybe an Aussie who was over there and took the photo and then sold it on to the newspaper service. I, I'm not sure. But if you're in that situation, rather than taking a photo, go over there, say, how are you going, mate? Do you want a beer? And buy him a beer. But take the photo, but the article should have been Steve Smith spotted having a beer in New York. Mm, I agree with that. Mm. Relevant point. Not the one that came out, which was... About him being lonely, mm, sad, and lonely. Uh, back in the uh, back in the runs over the uh, mm. course of the last few days as well. Steve Smith playing in the uh, Canadian Global T Twenty League. Uh, he scored sixty-one of forty-one deliveries. So uh, good news for Steve Smith back playing and uh, and back rolling. He did open up a little bit speaking after the uh, after the match, saying that he made some poor decisions in the wake of being suspended. So undoubtedly a tough time. I mean. It would have felt for him, Bancroft, and David Warner like... The world was closing in on them, wouldn't it? Absolutely. It's a
0: unique situation. You cannot describe the amount of pressure that was on them at that particular time. They all look at social media. I would have thought there was pressure on uh, Dave Warner and his wife in that situation. It was a nightmare tour, but I'm glad he came out and the others did. They accepted responsibility. I'm interested to know what some of the other decision-making was around that, whether it was just the one bad decision or leading up to that. There are other things that he was involved in. I'm still not convinced that Everybody in that team didn't know what was going on.
1: Neither am I. And it'll, I think it'll be something that maybe will just filter out the further we move away mm. from the incident. Looking back on it now, we've had a, a little bit of time to just cool our jets. Do you think we overreacted in the wake of it with the suspension? Because I've still got a feeling that they might even be reduced uh, in the lead up to next summer. Not so the guys can play, but maybe softened rather than reduced, allowing maybe Smith and Warner to play in the Shield uh, season, because otherwise we 'll go into an ashes they 'll be back, and they won 't have played any red ball cricket leading in, yeah, we went too far. I think a appropriate penalty might have been around three to
0: six months, but these guys have lost five million dollars for that action through lost sponsorship and also lost earnings with the IPl so that 's a heavy penalty to pay. three to six months would have probably been right. They should have still been allowed to play in the IPL the different competitions, just not for Australia because. We're comparing it to other
1: incidents that do happen where they're copping one match and not even any media attention. I agree wholeheartedly with you, Hayes. Time for us to take a quick spell on the other side of it. We'll come back with more. Lots of footy news. Has Tom Lynch played his final game for the Gold Coast Suns? We'll chat about that next.
0: You're listening to Off The Bench.
1: Great to have your company on this Saturday morning and the group stage is completed at the FIFA World Cup. Paul Hayes will be the Aussies out. Done, gone, finito, out of the World Cup.
0: How do we look back on our World Cup campaign? We qualified just, but we did put in two pretty good performances and then we'll let down in the last one. But again, the same sort of issues. Been there probably for the last three World Cups where we just can't score. We don't have enough strikers that can break the... The Defence open
1: and put it in the back of the onion bag. Absolutely, Ben. Mm. You nailed what I was trying to say. Mm. Well, we spoke about it during the week, so I don't want to go over it again because we did on Sports Day uh, WA. But I I just think that shouldn't have surprised anyone because we couldn't score in uh, our lead-up qualification matches. And I think we just are where we are. 36th in the world, 32 teams qualify. We played the 7th, 11th, and 12th best teams in the world. So, I mean, we just got a result that uh, reflects where we are in terms of the ranking. So I don't think we should be surprised by uh, how it finished up. And it is a triumph for us to qualify for the World Cup final. So we've just got to be happy with that I guess and uh, and try and improve moving forward and get past these honourable losses which we've had previously. At the round of 16 starts tomorrow night so France and Argentina, Uruguay and Portugal, Spain and Russia Croatia and Denmark, Brazil and Mexico, Belgium and Japan Sweden and Switzerland and Colombia and England to go at it in the next round or the round of 16 matches as the knockout fixtures begin. It's a funny game though isn't it because one strike
0: can determine a lot of different things all of a sudden the pathways are going well we're finding all these good players within Australia just determined by one strike that goes one meter to the left or one meter to the right I know you're not a big uh, believer in there being luck in it but what I saw the other night there is a bit of luck we dominated play and it goes down the other end particularly that first goal a good strike now we've got players that can do the same strikes but Mm. They
1: just haven't been going in for whatever reason, no, no, I think there is some luck involved, but it's just not always bad luck that mm. that costs us. Hey, uh Tom Lynch, we spoke about it just before we uh we took a break before, but. Has he played his last game for the Gold Coast Suns? Absolutely, he's played his last game. He just cannot stay at the Gold Coast Suns, in my opinion.
0: He's now 25. He's given seven years service. I don't think you can honestly look at the Gold Coast Suns and say, we're going to be on the right path over the next two, three, four, even five years. We're going to have a successful period. Now, I know there's been players like Matthew Pavlich, who stayed loyal to his football club, but... Through that period, he believed that we weren't far away from getting to a premiership team. And he got pretty close on a couple of occasions, 2006, 2013. The same couldn't be said right now for Tom Lynch. He will go to another club. But at the end of the day, I'm not sure there's value for a club picking up a Tom Lynch. It has the... Potential to cause damage to a club like Richmond, who we spoke about today off the top, how good their culture is. Guy comes in, becomes the highest paid player at your club, and right now he's injury prone, and he's not even within the top five forwards going
1: around. Yeah, I don't think he's a guy who's worth over $1 million a year. I think he's maybe an eight fifty nine $900,000 player mm. because he has had a lot of good years. I mean, I think three years ago, he kicked 66 goals in a team that's not all that good, but his last two seasons have been plagued by injury and he hasn't really continued on the same trajectory that we've expected. And we spoke about this uh, back on Thursday night.
0: The other one is Jordan Dugowie with big news coming out yesterday. that looks like he is going to stay with the Collingwood Football Club. A big offer given from North Melbourne. Five years, $5 million. No way can Collingwood match that. But I was glad to hear that he is keen to stay at Collingwood. They've stuck by him. But I thought that's a pretty big offer to knock back. But there is still a bit of loyalty in the game of footy.
1: Well, there is a, uh, yeah, a bit of a suggestion that St Kilda and Carlton are interested as well. Well, it, the, you know, why would he go to them if he's already knocked back a $5 million deal?
0: They're not going to pay him more than that. That no. would just be ludicrous. So I think North Melbourne, maybe they aren't doing all of these big offers because they generally believe they're going to get the player. But in the process, you know what it does, Ben? What? It makes the other teams pay up. So eventually, if they keep going for big-name players, other clubs can't keep them all under the salary cap. So they may be able to attract
1: one in the future if they keep going for the big targets. And I was really interested to hear what you said about how they've got in Gubby Allen during Mm -hmm. the week. And you think that perhaps they've got him in just so that they can know the inner workings of perhaps what Collingwood is doing and it better positions them to maybe get some big-name players. I really... like that move by North Melbourne. I think it's smart and uh, good on you for uh, being right across it all. We'll get to a break here on uh, Off The Bench WA. More to come when we come back.
0: You're listening to Off The Bench.
1: Off The Bench for your Saturday morning. Paul Hayes will be the former Fremantle Dockers champion and myself, Ben Cameron. Both of our West Australian teams in action across the remainder of the weekend, Hayes. And we'll start off with the Eagles taking on Adelaide because that game's coming up a little bit later today. Uh, 2.35 p.m. our time. Uh, Brendan Archie comes back in, as does Braden Bubba-Rainsworth, as they call him. Mark LeCrow out injured with that wrist injury, and Jackson Nelson has been omitted. So... The big question is for the Eagles, where do they get their goals from? I'm not sure. That's the truth with that
0: question there, Ben Cameron, because you can't take 29 goals, 27 goals, and 21 goals out of your team and expect the same sort of outcome. You just can't replace those players. They're going to go small. They're going to be young. Fraser McInnes battled hard against the Bombers. He took a few contested marks. He didn't have his kicking boot on that day, but they're going to need to find a fair bit from their midfield. Good to see those players come in because Archie and Ainsworth were both very good for East Perth last week. I think Archie's got a bit to offer in that forward line. He can also play through the midfield. Did you coach Brendan? I didn't know. He'd already gone to Port Adelaide prior to me getting there, but his younger brother was coming through the system. He's an absolute gun. I reckon both clubs will chase Callum Archie in future years, but for the Crows, they get a Couple back, Laird and Sloan. Fogarty comes back in, but they've also got a few injury concerns. Still no Tom Lynch, which is a big out. Eddie Betts, of course, goes out of that team as well. I think it's set
1: up for the Crows. If they don't win this one, it's curtains for their season. I think they—you've been big all week—that they'll win, and I think the Crows will as well. I think Luke Brown's a big in for them. He's a, a really good lockdown defender, but the biggest is obviously Sloane, and then Laird's really handy across halfback as well. Uh, the Fremantle Dockers take on the Brisbane Lions on Sunday afternoon. Bit of a, a shockbuster this one, if you will. Ethan Hughes, Scotty Jones, Alex Pierce, Cam Sutcliffe and Michael Walters all come back in. Yeah, look, big in's there,
0: Michael Walters in particular. Connor Blakely goes out, and Ross Lyon saying yesterday that he could be out for the season, so that's a big one. Some good news at Waffle Land with Harley Bennell back playing after what's been a nightmare run since he's got to the Fremantle Dockers, and Brad Hill will play. Of course, they've missed him a bit this year. He does give them a lot of running Raining, carry. and carry. Best and fairest. Obviously been in a bit of trouble off-field, but he has to serve his one-week one week suspension. Expect him to come back next week. If they ever get all of those guys on the park at once. They are a talented, quick, skillful midfield, particularly with Harley Bennell. He's such a good inside fifty kick, but that's the big question. Will that ever happen? It's a challenge for the staff down there at the Fremantle Dockers.
1: Yeah, they just need to get him out there. It's it's even frustrating me. I can only imagine how demoralizing and frustrating it is for Harley himself.
0: Danger game this one do you believe for the Fremantle Dockers. There's been a lot of Positive press since their win against Carlton. The t- The Lions have travelled pretty well this year. I know they do have a couple of big players out, Harris Andrews being one of them, but the Dockers don't really have a dominant forward outside of Young Cox, so it could be a good game for him to miss. to you give him a
1: chance, Ben, at all? Uh, maybe, but I still think Fremantle should win. Maybe only the fact that Fremantle had so much good press... Uh, When Mm -hmm. they beat Carlton, coming off a bye, teams can be a little bit sluggish, but I still think the Dockers will be winning. The other game which really commands our attention, I reckon, is Essendon and North Melbourne because I think Essendon can win this. North have been up for a long time, maybe just due for a little bit of a drop-off, and it's the old marshmallow rivalry going at it. Two clubs that uh, are very close in terms of their um, suburbs' location in Melbourne, and they've had a long-standing rivalry. And you look at some of the ins to the squad for and James Stewart, Aaron Francis,
0: Collier, Ambrose. There's a bit of depth there now building for the Bombers. The good thing is their recruits are playing really well. Devin Smith, Adam Saad, Jake Stringer was very important. If it is to be for the Bombers this year, they need to get moving. I sense they're going to win this one. North have been up for a while. They nearly dropped one last week. That was an emotional win for them. I think the Bombers will get them an Eddie had. Hayes, what's on for the rest of your weekend? Footy, footy and footy, mate. Look forward to sitting back, watching it. We've got the Fremantle game tomorrow. Can't wait for that. I think they'll get the
1: points to Dockers, but don't expect it to be in a canter. And we'll be calling all of the action tomorrow and uh, enjoying all of that. I'm looking forward to... uh, I've built a new man cave at my new house. Uh, We've got a theatre room, big TV, big... Modular couch and the F1s after the footy and all of the footy as well. So can't wait to kick back, put my feet up and enjoy all of that. The I-Time Austrian Grand Prix. Looking Mm. forward to that too. Enjoy your weekend, however and wherever you're spending it. We'll be back next Saturday morning all things going to plan. See you then.